it's interesting how being owning your own business either teaches you who you are or kills you. <laughs> I agree. I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Uh, today, we'd like to welcome to the podcast, Grant Aldrich. Grant founded OnlineDegree.com with a purpose-driven mission, make a college more accessible and affordable for everyone. After graduating college with an overwhelming amount of debt, he was determined to change how students embark on their college education. Grant has spent his entire career working in startups with nearly 15 years of experience and two prior exits to a publicly traded company, he has been a board member and donor to a number of nonprofits, an advisor to many publicly traded companies, and a guest speaker at seminars and graduate school courses. He graduated with honors from the University of California, Irvine in economics. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got a lot of questions for you. Um, but first, what was your first job? Oh, actually, my very first job was working, doing painting for a uh, homeowners association in the neighborhood that I lived. And actually, this is a, no one's ever really asked me about that. That was my first story and first lesson. Mm -hmm. on the importance of who you know. Mm -hmm. Because I was probably 13 years old and my father was in charge of the homeowners. We lived in this large neighborhood that had lots of block walls, mm -hmm. white block walls. My father was in charge of the contracting to keep all the maintenance and upkeep as part of the uh, homeowners. And my father, I'll mind you, is not the... Um, he... <sighs> He's the, he's the dad who's harder on his children, not the one who kind of put them at the front of the line. So I had to overcome. So I, even though I knew, uh, and obviously uh, I had to be far better than anybody else to get this. But what was important though, was that at that time to play with these block walls, it was really a win-win because for a kid at 13, I was getting paid $20 an hour in the like early nineties. Yeah. To paint these walls. And, uh, of course, for them, it was a huge savings because they weren't paying, you know, a really expensive painting company. Yeah. So for me, it was a huge win. And again, the key that, you know, because of my network, mm -hmm. your dad, uh, I found out that this was amazing pay and took advantage of the opportunity. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I, you know, I always ask that question. And I think because a lot of the time it comes back to what we do yeah. in the long run. You know, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I interview who like had a mowing company or like they had a lemonade stand. Like literally right. that's how they, you know, they, they had that entrepreneurial spirit from day one. Which yeah. It's very I, interesting to me. It's like a psychographic, you know, insight into people. Oh, totally. You're right. And of course the, the irony is that after that I worked into uh, a bunch of, you know, typical retail mm -hmm. service industry. I was a server at a restaurant through college jobs. So you see the alternative and you're thinking, Oh, this is so awful. This is no wonder people hate this. This is, I mean, being a server, I think almost anybody has to do because it's such a humbling, miserable experience. And I although it pays, serving, though. you loved it, <laughs> I well, loved it pays it. decently well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get to work kind of short shifts, which is nice. Mm -hmm. 
You get to control Man. your income. That's true. Yeah. Man, you just get dumped on all day. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that is kind of like being a CEO of a startup. Or an accountant. Or an accountant. Pretty yeah. similar. I think, you know, I think you learn as a server. Like what I learned as a server is to deal with different personality types, you know, and then to uh, to be personable. Yeah. Uh, you know, to try to build a relationship and meet even that small amount of time you have. Uh, but also that it's pretty easy to keep people happy. Like if you refill their waters and you don't get the order wrong, like it's pretty easy if you're attentive enough. Does that make sense? So all of my bad dreams about waiting, which I still have every once in a while is about like three tables and I can't get there. Like I can't them and I can't make them, you know, I can't help, I can't help them in the way I'm supposed to help them. Right. Which is literally the dreams I have about my CPA clients. <laughs> Well, right? you just have to keep refilling it's their water, It's just Jamie. not tables. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is every server has those same nightmares where you're slammed and you can't get to every table. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody's mad at you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like you're just in the weeds and you can't get out of the weeds. But you're right, though. That's, that's a good point. Like, you learn a lot of, like, valuable skills. That's right. Because mm -hmm. you have a very short amount of time to mm -hmm. make somebody happy, mm -hmm. to think on your feet on how to make them happy. Mm -hmm. um to be personable yeah you're right there are like there's a lot of good things there yeah i think uh i think serving probably taught me more than any other you know yeah in front of service-based experience people are upset and you have to keep your cool because <laughs> you're right yeah they're, they're talking down to you or yeah or to you they ordered the wrong thing yeah but somehow you put it in wrong hey, no problem <laughs> like yeah. literally this is what i wrote down right here yeah this is what you said <laughs> Yeah, actually, this is good. You know, one of the things, not to get off on a tangent. No, I love tangents. They're of, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to, I've, I've been, um, so I've got three small children, mm -hmm. as we, as you know, but I'm telling your guests. Yes. And um, I, uh, or your listeners, and I, uh, I've been thinking about things and life lessons and important rites of passage mm -hmm. uh, to teach them valuable things. And I'd, I'd kind of tentatively put that they have to have a server job on there, but now that went to the top of the list because you're yeah. right. That is a valuable experience. And I think you learn also your personality type within that. So yeah. I'm extremely detail oriented. Not that that's a surprise for anybody, but I'm also decision maker. So as long as I, as soon as I get enough info, I can make a decision. Right. Yeah. But I'm also really good at just handling as many details as necessary, um, which is why I probably excelled at, at serving because, yeah. you know, you have to be detailed and you have to be, you have to notice things. Uh, and that's one of the things that I'm really good at is I can look at it or I can look at a room and see what's in the wrong place or, you know, I'm just extremely observant. Um, and I think that may have been honed with the server stuff, but it might have just been, you know, something that, you know, I just do. Yeah. Like you innately had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just extremely though. like observant. Um, well, uh, and yeah, that's I'm how sure you, you be a good server. Cause you're like, Oh, I need water here. Water here. Oh, that person's Coke is empty. And then you're just, you know, giving them what they want before they ask for it Yeah, because you're observing what's happening. I'm sure those things were all with you as a, you know, all of those characteristics, Probably. but you know, you could argue that, yeah, like you, it, that, that environment definitely fosters those things and yeah. challenges you. So that, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good, and it helps yeah. you like even create strategy. You're you right. Five tables that all are at different places and you have to figure out how to take care of all of them. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this all day. Seriously. I, this oh. is like the most in-depth conversation I've had about serving and, <laughs> and like how it 
pertains, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually really love serving. Um, I did it for many, many years. Um, sometimes I think I might go back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we have to, right? Right. <laughs> it's like I could just work shifts and not worry about ballet. That's the other nice thing. Yeah, there's no stress once you leave, right? Yeah, there's that. Yeah, other than those, you know, those those dreams, those nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those not even not too long ago, like about oh. just all the tables and not being able to help people, and I was like, that's just it's just my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> your PS, your PTSD is then stronger than mine. Mine mine wore off years ago, but yeah. I did have them for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and I think it just has to do with like clients and all the stuff going on right now, and it's just oh, bet, you know. Yeah. So tell us, a, just give us a cliff notes on your career journey. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I would actually just give preface that uh, ever since a little, I was a little kid, mm-hmm. I wanted freedom. Mm-hmm. And this is important in my story because, and I, when I say freedom, I don't, I'm not referring to the adolescent sense of freedom of, oh, I want to eat whatever I want and go mm-hmm. to bed at any hour. No, mm-hmm. like really, even at a young age, true holistic sense that I wanted freedom. I, I, my parents were teachers and I looked at the fact that in their lives that I felt that although they lived a comfortable life, Mm -hmm. that they didn't have freedom and creativity in their work or in their Mm -hmm. personal life or to go wherever they wanted. And I craved that. And so I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And you know, the, the irony and the funny thing about that is that I don't, I didn't really even know what that meant. (laughs) I I didn't understand that fully, Mm -hmm. but I knew that the entrepreneurs were the ones who got that. And so the irony, of course, is that in the first part, in the first two startups of the first 13 years of my career, the sad irony is that I actually became a slave in my pursuit of freedom. And I think it was because I viewed freedom as something that you had to attain at the mm. end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. as opposed to living every day. And I, I, and I built all these things around me because at the core, at the core of it, I didn't know myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and I wasn't, um, I think I was too tolerant of things that were making me unhappy. And that's not a good thing. I mean, we all get taught that tolerance is a good thing, right? But not for ourselves and our happiness. You have mm-hmm. to ver- actually be very intolerant of any kind of encroachments or deviations. So I imagine after I come out of that, I'm, I'm very lucky. I had tons of failures in my first two startups. And I came out of college, created two eventually two startups that, um, you know, I made every mistake in the book, every failure, and I'm still shocked today Mm -hmm. that I was able to exit both of those companies and get a really good result. And I was sitting around and I had a very introspective period where I realized um, that this path that I thought I was going to go on, oh, I'm going to go start another big company. I'm going Mm -hmm. to uh, have more employees, you know, bigger, 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 was was not going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be miserable. This was not the path I wanted. Also around that time, I had my first child. So that really changed me as well, not to be too um, you know, cliche. And uh, I decided that I wanted to really now, I, I really took that period to, to get to know myself. Mm-hmm. And now I think that what I've created now in terms of my lifestyle and the work that I'm doing is far more me. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because a lot of us will start a business thinking we want freedom, but then ending up being slaves. <laughs> Isn't that it? That's almost always the case because eventually, and it creeps on very slowly. Mm-hmm. It's not happens at once. It's just mm-hmm. a slow creep. And all of a sudden you realize, what are these shackles? <laughs> well, and I, 
The more I talk to people and the more I watch entrepreneurs and the more I, you know, interact or network or whatever, we're all helpers and it's really easier to say yes to help people than like you said, like say no or uh, be intolerant because we always feel like we can fix things for people who aren't ready to fix things. Well, that's it, right? Because most usually entrepreneurs are self-starters. I mean, look mm-hmm. at yourself. People mm-hmm. who are willing are, are, are very confident enough in themselves to mm-hmm. take these big leaps in their abilities. And so you're right. You, you could see that, that that personality profile has a tendency to wanting to do more than they probably should and to try to tackle more than they should. You're right. Mm-hmm. So you have to know that about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's a question of that rarely when entrepreneurs go through um, business ideas, right? When they're doing the exercises of what that idea is going to be, which is a great healthy thing to do and you should do coming mm-hmm. up with ideas and, you know, poking holes through them. They rarely consider their happiness as a criteria of the business plan and the business, right? They always just use the traditional metrics of, okay, is it, can I make money? Is it a good, can I scale it? Um, blah, 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 blah. They rarely consider, is this the right business for me? Because they think to themselves, hey, I can do anything. If I'm making money, I'm not going to care. And mm-hmm. I, I can achieve anything. But it's, but it doesn't have to be that, that way. You can have your cake and yeah. eat it too if you pick a business that is going to make you happy. Like an example, if you don't like having employees, then you shouldn't pick a business where you need a bunch of employees. <laughs> or, or if you want to wear board shorts every day, well, then you shouldn't be picking a business where you need to go out and wear a suit. It's just, right. it's just bad ideas. Well, and I think a lot of people are creating businesses to, so what I find is a lot of people create a business to create a paycheck. Right. Right, to pay themselves. But they never think beyond you know, why am I creating, if I'm going to create my own business, what is it going to give me? Um, and I ask people that question on my intake forms. What does you want? What do you want your business to give you? Yeah, and if the, yeah. cause we do goal-based planning. If you don't know what you want, I can't help you. So it's very interesting. Cause a lot of people are just like, Oh, you know, I just want to make money. It's just like, <laughs> that's not enough purpose. So you serve as like, not only as a CPA, but as like a counselor, a psychiatrist, right? I do right. a lot of therapy. You're right. People need that. Yeah. <laughs> they that do. But because we do advanced tax planning, what, what, what are we planning for? Exactly. What is the money for? If I just save you tax money, what are you going to do with it? How does it help you get somewhere? Right? It's purpose-based. So if you want to expand your business and then sell it so that you can go live in Bali, fabulous that's a plan or that's a reason, right? I always say tax set tax savings without a reason is fruitless because there's no purpose and people don't want to do the work. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. No, that's really, that's actually a very, I'm sure that when you pose that people are a little taken aback at first yeah. and not, not unsure how to answer that. And I bet going through the exercise is really refreshing for them because they're, you're probably eliciting um, considerations that they haven't put into place mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I have had people be like, well, I think I want this. And like, they'll just answer my question. And then like 24 hours later, I'll get an email. Nobody's actually ever asked me what I want, <laughs> what I really want in life, you know? And they're like, this is what I really want. And it's like this whole paragraph of like where they see themselves at some point. Yeah. You know, if they could, if they had their druthers where things would be. 
Um, okay. <laughs> We're going to be here all day. So uh, tell us about OnlineDegree.com. Yeah, well, um, well, I'll describe it in a nutshell. And um, my goal was to make college more affordable and accessible for everyone. So with now with OnlineDegree.com, anybody can come, go online, register in our platform in 60 seconds with no applications, no entrance exams, and begin taking as many college level courses as they'd like for credit towards their degree online 24 seven, anytime they'd like. We also provide all kinds of student support services for them to help uh, them kind of figure out their way and organize discounts at the various universities on their behalf. And we do it all for free. And how is it paid for? Great question. Who pays so, for it? <laughs> It's actually completely supported by the universities. And so oh, when I first started this, I looked at the problem that there's an estimated about 35 to 40 million working adults who are not taking the first step to go back to school, although mm -hmm. despite overwhelming demand. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine, right, globalization, robot automation, technological advancements, there's a lot of jobs that have been wiped out, and a lot of that are going to be wiped out, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And yet people aren't taking that first step. And I looked at that problem and I saw that there was these impediments that were holding them back that the community college system was not meeting, which makes sense because the community college is a government entity at the end of the day. And, mm -hmm. it, and it can't provide a good service because that's not what it's supposed to do. It can't um, be tailored for everybody because it's all about tax dollars trying to provide at least something for people. Mm -hmm. So I looked at these impediments and I said, you know what, what are, what's stopping working adult? Well, the first is the physical impediment, which is, hey, I can't leave work three times a day and go to a classroom. I mean, that's just not going to work. So I'm like, it has to be fully online on their own schedule and pace. They're busy. They've got kids, all this mm -hmm. stuff. Then there's the psychological aspect impediment, which is that, you know, as adults, we kind of let things linger and we, we, a lot of it is based on fear where mm -hmm. can I be successful going back into an online classroom? Am I going to be embarrassed or am I going to be in a weird classroom with a bunch of kids? Um, am I, um, uh, do I, will I even know how to learn online or find something interesting? Um, mm -hmm. And of course that was the other thing. No, no, we have got interesting stuff. It's, it's very low stress, low pressure. Come on in, go intro to robotics, programming, history, mm -hmm. accounting, marketing, whatever you want. And the final, which was the key one, was the financial impediment. Right mm -hmm. now, if someone wants to go back to school, it's this giant leap that you have to take in terms of your commitment of finances to do it. So I thought, you know, first off, we're going to make it free. We're going to make it so someone can wade in the pool instead of jump in the pool. Mm -hmm. And even when they get started swimming, it's going to be far more affordable than if you had gone the other route. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we've made this system that obviously benefits the consumer. So that's probably inherent. Mm -hmm. But for the university... The unspoken truth is that universities are desperate for better students. And when I mean better, I mean students that will finish their program, who are more prepared when they come in and lead um, less resources in terms of um, you know, onboarding and things like that, mm -hmm. and who are going to be successful from day one. Because the university is judged by you know, grades, like their outcomes of their students, if mm -hmm. they um, drop out or not. So they're very interested in having good students. So we've really created a win-win where the, the universities all sponsor the platform and the students get it all for free. And it creates this win-win uh, that helps uh, everybody get to the same goal. Um, that's all really fascinating. I love it. Um, but also they get to try stuff. 
right? Yeah, exactly. That's part of it, right? Because even as like, I think we could all attest to this, even as a 30, 40 year old, 50 year old, whatever you are, we all don't know what we want to be when we grow up. That's I say that okay. all the time. I say that yeah. all the time. I don't know yeah. what I want to be when I grow up. Exactly. We, I don't think we ever really know. And uh, we just kind of fall into something and we just, you know, hopefully we like it. We fall into something that maybe we're good at, which is yeah. what happened with me. I was accounting my fifth major. It might've been my fifth major. Well, if, you, if you don't mind me asking, what were your first uh, four? Um, so I started in the chemical engineering department. Okay. Uh, I failed chemistry and then uh, calculus did not go so hot. And then I looked around and went, these people for the next four <laughs> I need a little more fun and personality. Come on, guys. And the calculus um, people? <laughs> yeah. Then the uh, engineers. Um, I married an engineer, though. So there you go. That's the irony. That's the irony. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then um, I kind of hopped around, but I did uh, Spanish for a while until I hit a wall. Okay. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be Spanish. And then I went to the business school. Uh, and I was started in just business management. I was like, well, just, just do business management. And then I took my first accounting class and I went, Oh, I love it. That's the thing that makes sense. You know, I'm teaching everybody debits and credits and I'm, you know, asking the teacher questions they can't answer and it just worked. Well, so actually, so your arc, which, and for people who've maybe never gone back to school or have at least tried a little bit of school Mm -hmm. is actually the norm. Mm -hmm. I also changed majors and it's, it's, I forgot what the statistic is, but it's, it's, it's highly, it's overwhelmingly uh, strong that you're going to change. And the sad thing is for you and myself, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of money at college making those, you know, stumbling through that decision process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stumbling through that process. Mm-hmm. When, if we did have a free platform where we could have tested out and you could have had, let's say, oh, I'm taking a chemistry course, mm-hmm. I'm taking that Spanish course, and I'm taking an accounting course. Mm-hmm you may have come to that epiphany much sooner. Yeah. And I think it's like back to like, we don't know what we want to do. You're 18 years old. How do you know what you're good at or what works for you or what makes sense? Um, And thankfully I had the, I had parents who were just like, okay, figure your life out. You know, they've always been like that, but not most people don't. I mean, we ask two year olds what they want to be when they grow up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, and I asked my kids, like, I've changed that narrative for them. I'm trying to is like, what problem do you want to solve or what's fun for you? That's good. Because I don't want you to just pick some random major or go to into accounting because I'm an accountant. Because I can right. tell you right now, my son would not be good at that. And probably not my daughter. <laughs> She's going to be a lawyer. <laughs> Got it. But like, how do we, we don't know. And then I found out there was a midwife midwifery school here in the United States. And I had no idea about any of that. And I was like, Oh, well, dang, I found that out like 10 years ago. And I was like, Oh, dang, I said I didn't go to best year. And that's also, it's also true. Cause you're right. Cause you asked that two year old, what do you want to be? He's only going to be able to say like, what, like five careers he knows about, right? Like, Oh, I want to be a fireman. So, uh, but They're like not count beans. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. Like, it's like, even as we get older, we don't really know about all the different careers out there. No, I, meet, I meet people in careers I didn't even know existed all yeah, the time. Totally. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I want my kids to go try stuff. Like, yeah, my absolutely. Daughter, my daughter's like, I'm going to go to Starbucks for a year. And I was like, and then you're going to go intern here. And then you're going to go to this. And you're going to do this. And you tell me what's fun. 
Well, that's a smart thing. I think that's where the, I, something that I didn't have where I think I would do is that kind of, we talked about like back to the server mm-hmm. thing was having a mentor in a variety of spots mm-hmm. where it's not just some, you know, time wasting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being hard. On things. <laughs> yeah. Retail job where they're not going to learn anything. It's just mm-hmm. a job. And I think mm-hmm. that's a waste because you're mm-hmm. right. There is all this pressure to, mm-hmm. um, for children to make this decision at an earlier stage. I mean, 18, you're right. Wow. Uh, are we, are any of us the same person we were when we were 18? Brains aren't even fully formed here. It's yeah. not even attached yet. Figure some, pick something. Exactly. The, the ridiculousness of that. And so, um, you know, and so the more that you can go through um, internships or experiences that are more mm-hmm. telling than I'm working at Sears, which was one of my also mm-hmm. retail jobs, mm-hmm. which is a total waste. And, um, you know, that, uh, yeah, that's valuable. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We keep telling the kids, um, trade school. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Pick a trade. Well, you know, you know what's great about that too is that that's so rarely prescribed and yet i mean if you look at the us now i mean mm-hmm. think about it like one of the top jobs i heard in the trade school is a welder and these guys make like something like 60 bucks an hour mm-hmm. like yeah. doing welding there's a welder <laughs> yeah and like and that's a great career and great. like in those guys they love it and they make and, and that is more appropriate for someone so i think another issue that we have in a macro sense is the over prescription of, mm-hmm. of uh, degrees so one of the other things too that i really want to do um that we've now expanded our platform is that i saw that that we started off just offering the degree pathways mm-hmm. but then we've now adopted where we've also gone out and we've organized discounts and all these perks for certification programs. Oh, and so, so cool. for, just for that case, right? Because not mm-hmm. everybody wants a degree or needs one. So if you want to be a CPA, mm-hmm. you need a degree. But if you need, if you want to just, if you want to go the welder path or trade mm-hmm. school, then that's not the right path. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if you want to be, if you want to do tax returns, there's the EA path, which is the mm-hmm. certificate. Yeah. Um, and people don't understand the difference between CPAs and EAs, uh, but you don't need to go to a college for four years and get a CPA, you can learn how to do taxes and be an EA. Yeah. Make that's, money. That's great. Well, the same amount of money I make with less CPE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so that was kind of one of my questions is like, well, how is the traditional system broken? And I think you're totally right. It's over prescriptive. Like we're taking all these high school kids and being like, pick a college. Yeah. I think that the, the, the current system had a lot of faults. Like, well, cause you have, you, when you dive into why, those 35 million people are not taking that first step. I think that if you, if you surveyed all of them on the street and said, Hey, would you like a degree in a perfect world? They'd all say, sure. But it's the cost benefit analysis that's totally become out of whack. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, we only have so much money. We only have so much time. Mm -hmm. And so then you back that out and said, yeah, not everybody should go get a degree, but for the people who do, it's too expensive and it's not accessible for busy adults. This whole system was never created for adults. And only now is that changing. Mm-hmm. So I think we've been ushering that in. And one of the things that we do, online degree, is that we curate the schools that are adult friendly. And when mm-hmm. I say that, what I mean is, is that schools that are, are working very hard and are now built for adults. And these are great schools, public schools, private schools, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these different excellent institutions where their programs are all online, they're flexible, mm-hmm. more affordable, mm-hmm. more support for adults. Um, all these things that make them adult friendly. 
And that's the ones we like to work with because I don't want to send someone who I know we appeal to, to a traditional campus with this awful program that they're going to be miserable out on. No, no, we're trying to create the whole, the whole thing mm-hmm. and curate that for people. And people don't even know these, these programs exist. So that's mm-hmm. another thing I think that we do. That's awesome. And it's great success, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. you're, I mean, it's like the whole package of like, start here, figure out what you want to do, and then let's get you in the right online university and so you can be successful yeah because it's not like even a, even a car is not necessarily an easy purchase but it's easier because mm-hmm. it's tangible this is complex and it's and it's and i realized that one of the faults of the community college system was that you don't get any support mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you want to get you want to meet with your counselor okay three months from now you have an appointment with this one counselor who has thousands of students to deal with it doesn't work mm-hmm. and and it's because in that system they don't have the sense of a customer And if you have the sense of a customer, like a private enterprise, you understand that their happiness is what's most important and what they want. And Mm -hmm. so you try to provide these services to help them. And that's the difference. I remember actually sitting down with my guidance counselor, maybe one time when I was like, okay, I have one year to finish all my upper level accounting degree, like all my upper level classes help me because I need to know when and how and the thing. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, we only do this one on this semester, which is not this one and the other one. And so I had to figure out how to get it all in. I actually did it between three different schools to get it all done. Um, but I was driving. I did summer classes and I was driving to get to those classes uh, to get it all done in a year because it was my fifth year and I had needed to be done. <laughs> Good for you, though. See, that's not um, easy. But it would have been nice to have somebody help me coordinate all that. Or, you know, understand it. So I know my alma mater, CSU, has their huge global system, which I'm sure you guys work with. Um, my VA actually just um, just graduated from CSU Global hmm. with her master's in HR. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. And she was like, this is like the best experience. And they take such good care of us. And she like keeps talking about her counselor. And I was like, you like have a relationship with them. And, stuff? <laughs> and they were like helping her like apply for jobs and like, you know, help her figure out her path. And like, they were just amazing. Yeah. See, that's the difference, right? Because we do, we work with, with Colorado State University mm-hmm. Global. And uh, you're right. The, the, you can't compare Mm-mm. the two. It's just not the same because Mm-mm. they're, they're waking up slowly. Mm-hmm that this is something that they have to provide for adults or, or they're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Um, CSU, I think they're kind of on the cutting edge of this global stuff. Cause I remember they started at like right about the time I graduated, they started yes. adding campuses and stuff, which was like 2003. Yep. Um, so it was pretty cool. They're kind of on the forefront of all of this. And it sounds yeah. like it's been a really good experience for people. We're about yeah. the same age then. I'm also, I also graduated in 2003. Oh, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, and you're right. They were. They're mm-hmm. one of the pioneers in that. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, they, you know, those early pioneers, I mean, hats off to them. They paved the way. But mm-hmm. now there are, there are a lot of options. Oh, yeah. There's options. a ton of options. And they're a good option. I'm, mm-hmm. No, no, nothing but, and we do work with them very closely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of great options. So cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things we see um, with the traditional system is like teachers with master's degrees making 40 grand a year, like is a mismatch between the, the need for education and like what you're going to make on the back end. Yeah. And that's, if you're going to pick that pathway, I think you need to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, is that go- really necessary? Can we do teaching certificates or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the good thing is, is that you get a lot of time off. I mean, yeah. that's the corollary to that. And so, yeah. you know, I remember that my parents were teachers mm-hmm. 
And you're right. You never, you're never going to ever get rich, mm-hmm. but you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you, um, you're given and afforded an immense amount of time to mm-hmm. spend with family or to do something else on the side. Yeah. So I remember, now I I'm not know. saying this is the recommended path, but I mm-hmm. remember um, my parents would do, you know, tutoring on the side and then we would do a lot with us. And so yeah. that's at least something that's, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the demands are different now. I agree. They're a lot different now. I mean, the teachers in our school district actually make pretty good money for teachers, but still it's not a living wage here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, that's an issue. You know, they're like, we Dude. have a master's degree. Thanks for my 50 grand. I have to go marry somebody who makes money now. <laughs> really yeah yeah or you know they can all live in the same apartment or something i don't even know <laughs> um so how is the need for higher education shifting what are you seeing well interestingly with this covid crisis i think what this is going to do is accelerate or expedite what was already about to happen and mm-hmm. so if you look at higher education it's a enormous industry 700 billion dollar industry like how it's i know much larger than you'd think And yet it's been declining a little bit every year. And the only segment that's been growing is the online portion of higher education, which is growing rapidly. And I think that's at 50 billion and it's going to overtake it eventually. So, but there's been a lot of resistance to moving a lot of programs online. And most of that resistance has come from internally within the universities because faculty have had this stigma and this reluctance to adopt online learning which is foolish, right? Because I think now after all these years, it's been proven that for so many programs, online is a superior format to learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got multiple screens up. Um, that is a far better, more immersive environment in the quiet of, your, of a private space and not in some big classroom where you're getting distracted by everybody else mm-hmm. um, to learn. And so I think that from a learning perspective, you know, maybe not the social perspective, but the learning perspective, it's a far better medium. And so that was already happening. But I think what COVID now has done is because it's now forced everybody to go online and adopt, it's going to change the norms and the die, which has already been cast, is just now that it's going to roll faster. It's interesting how this thing is pretty much just, I was talking to my husband about it yesterday. It's going to change how we work. It's going to change how we learn. It's going to change, you know, it's basically just taking these things that have been kind of slow adopting, you know, like we have our early adopters, we have our mid-range adopters, but all these late to mid-range ones, they're just getting pushed. Like it's just happening. Just hop on it. Let's go. Um, So it's pretty cool. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the back end of all that. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. And uh, you're right though. It's it's, going to change all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to skip a couple since we've gone tangenty. <laughs> so how do you guys help people understand the correct track for themselves? Well, to your point earlier, it's all about the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's, what's really important and understanding. So what we do is we, we do, we ask questions. Um, what is your goal mm-hmm. and what do you want to achieve? And, and tell us a little bit more about your current situation because you know, if you, if, if you're someone who maybe isn't hindered, like most of us are as adults with mm-hmm. kids, work schedule, um, you know, next to a big camp, more, yeah, all that. <laughs> well then, you know, you may not need, you, we don't necessarily need to prescribe, you know, X over Y, mm-hmm. but for the most part, adults all have a very similar problem mm-hmm. and it's time and money. And so then what we would do is say, look, let's first, all right, what, what kind of program are you interested in? Great. Let's 
think about some options for you in terms of school. You almost start with the end. Because mm -hmm. if I know, for example, that I'm going to be going to CSU Global mm -hmm. and I'm going to get that degree in HR, well, perfect. Well, then I can then back out and say, here's how we could help you. So if I was speaking to you, let's say if you were that person going to CSU mm -hmm. Global, I'd say, great, we've got 15 courses that can uh, articulate over to CSU Global. Mm -hmm. So you could, if you take those, those can count as general education electives, really cool stuff. Plus, we do have um, some business courses that kind of apply to HR like psychology. Mm -hmm. And when you take those courses, that will get you about 30% of your degree towards completing at CSU Global for free. Oh, wow. And then our students get an additional 10% discount when they arrive at CSU Global. So in all in all, you could be, you could save 40% on that degree and you could do it a lot faster because our courses, you can just go through at your own pace. If you want to finish it as fast as possible, it doesn't have to fit the normal semester timeframe, go for it. And then we would say, well, great. So let's get you connected there, get everything you need from them and prepped, start taking courses here. You're set. That's cool. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. so cool. Thank you. I mean, I just, I just love it because, it, but also you could try it. Like you can start some of that gen ed stuff and if you hate it, then you're like, eh, let's try something else. But it's that all begin with the end of mind stuff, right? Like, what do you want? How do you, you know, how long do you want to get there? You yeah. know, and then it's everybody's issue is time and money, right? So it's, I love that because it's all stuff we talk about all the time, but I love it. Yeah. yeah. You have to begin with the end of mind and then you just kind of back into how we get, where are you now and how do we get you there? Exactly. Yeah. I love right. it. Um, so you have, we're going to shift gears here. Um, so you have founded and exited a few businesses. Um, what can you tell us about the obstacles and successes from those experiences? <laughs> All obstacles and one success. <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which is what I love to hear. Don't be like, oh, well, I just rocket life. And... No, no, no. I think that, you know, one of the things that is rarely spoken about mm -hmm. in startups is mm -hmm. just how hard it is and all the mistakes you do make. Mm -hmm. And because, uh, you know, in the media, they love the success story, right? The little startup that is now worth billions of dollars. And that's what you hear about. You don't hear about all the ones that fail. Yeah. You don't sometimes. Uh, you don't hear about the struggles and like the real paths. And mm -hmm. the reality is, is that, and you can also attest to this as an entrepreneur and something mm -hmm. person, the, the road is hard and you have to have like this, um, it takes a certain dynamicism to be mm -hmm. able to weather all the challenges you're gonna face. I was actually funny, my, my son, who's three and a half, asked me the other day, he goes, what do you do for work all day? And I said, I thought about it. I'm thinking, how am I going to explain what I do? And then, so then it gave me a moment of clarity to really boil it down. And I came down to him. I said, I just solve problems all day long. Mm -hmm. That's all I do. Mm -hmm. And whether my problem is what I'm doing or your problem, which is someone's awful tax return. <laughs> that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. We're solving people's problems. Yeah. It, that's all you do all day. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy, right? Uh, except for with an entrepreneur and with a startup, you, there's a, you're solving problems all day, but you have to be following this vision that you've set out and making sure that vision and the direction is still correct every single day, mm -hmm. or you have to pivot. And um, assuming the risk and the responsibility that there is no safety net, that this is all the merits of your success are going to be on you mm -hmm. and you get to reap those benefits or assume the worst. Mm-hmm which is exhilarating and cool in very, in many ways. It's that, that it's that, really it's cool. a very neat dichotomy. Yeah. And that's different than having somebody being bankrolling you on the back with a safety net. <laughs> yeah, 
Totally. Right. <laughs> so, you know, for most small business owners, that's not the case, right? They don't yeah. have somebody handing them their startup capital or whatever, you know, right. we're just, we're just trying to figure this out as we go. Um, it's interesting because I feel like it's constant change, changing of how we do things and what we provide and what we do, but the business doesn't grow if I continue, if I don't continue to do that. And, you know, we're not different if I don't continue to change how we take care of people um, because it's not what I want it to be yet because we keep, you know, we keep getting closer, but you're right. Like it's, it's, it's a really long road and takes a lot of perseverance a lot of the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one, you have to be a bold person because yes. to do this stuff, you gotta be bold, right? And that's, that's if that's not true. there, just don't do it. Yeah. But then, yeah, in addition to that, you're right. You have to have all those qualities mm -hmm. uh, that allow you to improvise and to solve issues and just and pivot. be resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. And stand around. I think what I do a lot of the time, especially like right after April 15th, which is a whole nother story for me right now. Um, after April 15th, almost every single year, I pretty much just stand around and look at like what happened and how it happened and <laughs> how the hell I don't ever want to do that again. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's like every year is just a little bit better Yeah. until the government extends our due dates and it's very confusing, but <laughs> yeah. And that's the reality of that business. Right. Which is, which is kind of cool. Right. I'm sure when, you know, you've probably made the best of that where, yeah, like after, I mean, I I'm, I'm projecting this is a question, but a lot of accountants that I know, they, they go, they, <laughs> they go on vacation for like a month mm -hmm. after that. And whether you know you do that or not, I just mean that it's like a, because of the cycle of that kind of business, mm -hmm. you have to kind of like have that like cathartic, um, you know, yeah, like a reset. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a, I mean, we do high quality, low quantity. So it's not like okay. we're doing 12 hours tax returns every day. That's not happening because I refuse. Um, I don't have the bandwidth for that. I don't ask my people to have the bandwidth, bandwidth yeah. for that because it's awful and it's not what's fun. That's not Agreed. what the fun part of taking care of our clients. Yes, we do their tax returns because we already did all the planning and all of that stuff to go into said tax return. But that's not, you know, it's just a required service. It's not one we like to do. Yeah. It's not really, it's not value add, right? It's a product. It's the product of all the things we've already done. Um, so, and I worked in firms, you know, with mandatory overtime and it was horrible. And I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome because of it after a couple of pregnancies and I was a disaster and I refused to do that to myself again. So, oh, yeah. but the best part of being your own business owner is you get to make your own rules. That's it. <laughs> no, people are like, are you working 12 hour days? I was like, under no circumstance. No. And that's, and, that, and part of the Takana, that's, that's the, that's the invigorating part. You get to be in charge. Yeah. yeah I get yeah. to choose. That's right. It's that freedom, right? That is, that's it. Yeah. I don't have to run a traditional firm. Why would I run my own firm if it was going to be a traditional firm? I could go work for somebody else. Oh. have a lot less headache if I wanted to but, work in a traditional firm. But you're right. It's that freedom that you get to do to, to pick the clients that you want, the day mm -hmm. that you want to have, where you work, all that stuff. That's amazing. And of course, implicit in that, of course, is that you can never have utmost freedom without utmost responsibility. So that's kind of like the implicit side of that, but you're right. It's worth it. It's it is. And it's amazing. I always, I always say I'm unemployable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. 
Like I, I always wanted to improve things and change things and do better. And, you know, I wanted to do that in my prior firms, but I wasn't allowed to. So now I get to do everything. And my poor people are just like whiplash half the time, but I'll get over it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm building this thing for all of us. So hopefully you can figure out <laughs> if you're happy here or not. <laughs> you're, you're on the bus or you're off. That's right. All right. So before I ask my last question, um, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Yeah, well, you know, they can take or uh, keep up with the project. It's onlinedegree.com. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, um, and whether, you know, of course, if whether it's appropriate for even you to use it uh, in this part of your life, it's kind mm-hmm. of a neat project just to follow what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and then also I'm active on LinkedIn. Uh, I like that platform the best. So um, if you go on LinkedIn, if any of your listeners want to uh, connect with me, mm-hmm. just either search my name, Grant Aldrich or onlinedegree.com. I'll pop mm-hmm. up and uh, yeah, it'd be great to connect. Yeah, you're easy to find. And we'll link it all. We link everything in the description box. Cool. Um, so in your vast experience, what is the one piece of advice you would give a business owner looking to expand their knowledge and uh, in their chosen expertise? I would, I would say they have to ask themselves a maxim that's 3,000 years old from ancient Greece, which is know thyself. Yeah. There was a, um, so for your listeners who don't know what that is, that uh, on the temple of Apollo in ancient Greece, which uh, Apollo is the God of wisdom mm-hmm. inscribed on the entrance was know thyself. And in, in, in that period, the, the way they looked at that was that how could you ever know anything if you don't know yourself? Mm-hmm. And so I actually think that for most business, kind of what we alluded to earlier about that consideration of happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know yourself, how could you ever make decisions on what's going to make you happy every mm-hmm. day? Right. If you don't, you don't have that honest introspective period. It's almost like I make the analogy of having a compass when you leave the shore. I mean, people just kind of take off and they don't ever recalibrate where they're going with that compass of where they want to be and what they want to do. That I would recommend because I see so many people who never really ever figure that out and they fill the void with materialism. They Mm -hmm. fill the void with um, all kinds of things that are not healthy and where they may just realize that they need very little to be healthy in life. And that's the thing that I would recommend. Because I think once you have that, you've got it all. Yeah. It's interesting how being owning your own business either teaches you who you are or kills you. <laughs> I agree. It's so true. I can't tell you how many business owners I talk to. Like, and like I said, don't know what they want. Uh, they don't know what their strengths are. They don't know what they want to do how they want you know what direction they want to go um and they don't know how to get there um but if you know who you are you can at least filter things through that right like that feels good to who i who i am or it doesn't feel good to who i am and where i want to go you're right and what's sad is that people because i think what happens is people get trapped right they made a bad decision they didn't pick business well for them and then all of a sudden they've got, like you said, the mortgage, the kids mm-hmm. and like, what, what the heck do I do now? And like, can I even pivot this to make it happy for me? And I think, mm-hmm. again, that's just one of those things, you know, you, you go to MBA school, you go to whatever, you know, people, any course on entrepreneurship, they don't talk about this as one of the criteria for choosing mm-hmm. a business. And it's the most important. Yeah. And it's hard working for, I think in my experience, working for other people, you become those people after a while. Um, so when I started working on my own, I had to figure out who I am and also what that crap was that I was bringing along with me that really wasn't congruent. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but you have to be willing to do that work. So it's, it is, it's therapy. I do a lot yeah. of therapy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like laying down on the couch right now, by the way, during this whole show, I've been laying down on a couch. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah, having you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.